Welcome back, everybody, here for the final episode of this stretch here. We are arrived at sectionals here in the choir room. And Aman, can you believe that we made it? I know. It's crazy. I'm so used to saying at the end of every episode, see you at sectionals. And now we're actually at the thing that I told you guys I'd see you at. So I'm super duper excited. I, I loved this uh, this episode upon rewatch. I actually found a few things that I've forgotten about. Saw a few new things that I don't think I'd ever noticed before. So I'm really excited to get into it with, uh, with the two of you today. Yes, the two being we have a guest with us here today. Our second guest of the season. And just like our last guest, uh, Kirsten, Sam... Well, there's there's the guest. Sam has not heard a thing we have done just yet, so he's coming into this blind, but we are going to have a great time. Welcome to the choir room, Sam Stanish. Stanish, Stanish. I've never, have I ever said it out loud? I don't know, but it sounded to me like you said both of those things the exact same, so I'm not really sure what the difference was. I say it's Stanish. It's like Spanish with a T. Some, uh, some would also say Russell. Some would also say Russell. It's really your choice at this point. I don't know. I'm uh, just happy you're here. <laughs> Oh, thanks, guys. I'm excited to be here. My Glee memories, I remember when the pilot dropped on Hulu, and it was like the summer, it was the summer, it was like going to summer right at the end of freshman year of high school, and so could not have been more of a target audience for the show, uh, and I felt like that whole summer, you could not escape the Don't Stop Believing version of that uh, that glee does or whatever and so that just like like was the entire summer they played it every day at camp like billions of times everyone was playing that song people loved glee and that it was just like getting so hyped over the summer for the season to start um and then i mean like glee is a very controversial topic for a lot of people i feel like a lot of people <laughs> really attack <laughs> glee and yes. attack it like as soon as it like really came out, I feel like people were really bashing it. I watched Glee for maybe f the first. I think I watched up until the episode before the one that ends with them talking about Cory Monteith's death. Yes. Like I don't think I've ever actually seen that episode and beyond. Um, those are my main memory. I I I was like I enjoyed it, and then I also started like hate watching it a little bit. The, the, they're very talented performers. I actually, <laughs> I, I, Glee is very funny to me because in high school, I remember it was like my senior year of high school and I remember one night I was watching it and I was like getting ready to like come out to my family and my mom and I, we watched like Modern Family and then the episode of Glee that was on that night and I remember thinking during Glee, I was like, okay, we're watching Glee. I remember just being like, Okay, but like I really don't want to come out to my mom right after episode <laughs> of Glee. Like this is not why I'm not. I don't want her to think that the reason I'm coming out is because we watched episode of Glee together. That's the homo was, homosexual agenda is strong yeah, with Glee. Just so inspired by uh, Ryan Murphy, but I ended up doing it after thinking that. Anyways, my okay. The thing is, I have a best friend who is in love with Glee and is obsessed with Glee, and I'm trying to get her to guest on this podcast, and so. It was reintroduced to me in college through someone who 
views Glee as the greatest TV show of all time. So I have a much higher appreciation for it now than a lot of people, I think, do. And I started rewatching it, and I got, like, a bit into season three in, like, I think all in 2020, and I have stopped. Okay, season three is a solid season. Yeah, I agree. I have so many takeaways from what you said. First was like, <laughs> be- like earlier you said Hulu. I didn't know Hulu existed in the time that Glee was was out. Two is, do you remember what episode it was when uh, that night that you ca- you had come out? Oh man, I have no clue. I mean, I guess I could try to like logic it out based on like <laughs> if I went to Wikipedia. No, it's like uh, really not that important. But I figured I know, like, maybe you I... have that that memory. I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna do this in the background while I, I think about it. Okay. Uh, that's it. And I don't know. Third question is uh, as we like to at least get from uh, from everybody who comes through here. Uh, we talked earlier on, which of course you have not heard just yet about, like in our first podcast ever, uh, about who has our stand cards for this entire series. We just wanted to be out in front with it and and open about it so that nobody thinks that we are uh, are trying to hide anything. And as Again, you haven't heard yet, but Aman is firmly in the Rachel Berry camp. I am obviously in the Santana Lopez club, uh, as is Kirsten. So we've got to know from you, who is your guy or who is your girl? Just like of every character? Out of all of them, who is your number one? Number one. Oh, my God. Well, I, I, it's definitely Santana. I love Santana. I think if I were to have gotten a little further in my rewatch, I wouldn't have hesitated even that small amount that I did. Mm-hmm. But even thinking about it, there it really does seem like there are very few options. Like I feel like they only really give the good songs and plot lines to like maybe four of the twenty six characters in this show. Uh, so I feel like it's either Sant- it's like Santana, and then I also just like absolutely love Quinn Fabray. Quinn Fabray is that girl. Okay, perfect opinions there. I mean, uh, I, I I still I feel bad. I mean, especially going through this uh, to- this rewatch here, I I didn't have Quinn in my top four, but I feel like I've got to have her at number five, even though I don't have her in the four. Which a reminder, my my four was um, actually I already forgot, but no, I, no, 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 no. It was Santana, Brittany. I think I said Blaine and Becky. Um, so I guess Quinn can uh, slot in there at number five, but I mean, just because like Quinn is all over this season, but then she does kind of disappear a little bit. Uh, and there is still five more seasons of the show to come. And, you know, there's not as much of the Quinn that I know and love as there is in this season. But anyway, what else? Um, absolutely. Well, I just, I, I also think Rachel Berry's a really good performer and I think she's a real, I mean, obviously Leah Michelle is like so talented and to quote my friend alex conti the best singer of all time um but like she is just like just a like one hair too much for me to like absolutely stand Amon, why is she your girl uh rachel just uh, yeah like look like when you if you listen back to these episodes you're going to see me tear into her like she's i definitely <laughs> take the critique um for a lot of the um idiosyncrasies as it were for Rachel Berry but the one thing that I've always admired in her is the ambition the dedication to technique the work ethic and just the uh and the self-awareness because it's not like she goes through this world not knowing that she's annoying people she knows that she is (laughs) but she doesn't give a damn and I I admire that sort of tenacity I admire the fact that you can be so involved with one's own destiny and one's own dreams and I think it's it's very infectious and she her character really um inspired me to continue performing so 
that's why she has my stand card. I just, I just, you know, I fuck with Rachel Berry. I just, I just do. And she gets better. <laughs> she does get better. I love Rachel. And just because I've, you know, just because both of us have been like going into her a little bit as she's like super annoying early on here doesn't mean that I don't love her. <laughs> um, she's, she's definitely like, she has her moments and this episode is, is one of them as uh, she, you gave her your gold star in the last episode. And, you know, this episode, I feel like she's going to be a top candidate for both of us again. So uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. But uh, I guess without further ado, let's just start getting into this episode here because we've been waiting so long to get to sectionals. Uh, and by so long, I mean like two weeks. Uh, but we're finally here. This is the conclusion of this first part of the season where they are going to put out these first 13 episodes and then go on a break and then get back at it a couple months later, releasing the rest of season one. Um, but this is where this is where it happened. This is where the like the magic was was wrapped up of this awesome new show that was on television that just people were obsessed with. It started with Don't Stop Believing back in episode one, and here we are with the conclusion of just this first set of plot lines for this show. Um, and we have a lot to wrap up here as as we're going to go into a little bit of a break. Uh, Quinn and Terry are both dealing with these pregnancy plot lines, and obviously Terry's was wrapped up a little bit in the last episode, but we still have some t- uh, business to take care of here with Quinn's. Uh, Sam, let me just ask you before we do actually, actually start, uh, what are your takeaways that you remember from the entire Quinn pregnancy of it all, even if it's past the point that we're at right now? Like just, just in general, the fact that she, that they have this head cheerleader, head cheerleader, um, that came in and like, you would expect that this person was going to be like the villain of the show. And she completely did, uh, did not end up playing that character after, after the whole pregnancy situation began. I feel like it's not, I mean, it was like. A teen pregnancy storyline, but I just feel like I, at that point, when Glee started coming out, I had seen it so many times on Degrassi, but it wasn't, like, so jarring or anything to me. Like, I just feel like, I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't think that there's a huge amount of takeaways other than that, like, once she is no longer pregnant, she doesn't have as much to do anymore. I don't love that she, like, it starts off with all this lying about who's baby it is and all that sort of stuff um i like quinn a lot more when she's like redeemable and not like terrible to everyone (laughs) i i totally agree um so we're gonna start this episode off here where rachel is got a little bit of a special power that she's got to tell us about Amon. your your girl is somehow uh psychic and we had no idea about it she saw the other day that quinn fell over in rehearsal she tripped and puck rushed to her side and she just had this this psychic ability where she realized that something's happening here yeah, I just wish that this was um I wish that she had to work a bit more for this uh psychic ability that she's claiming. And granted, you know, once again, this is like a bit of like lazy writing for me because they could have if they wanted Rachel to be onto this, they could have had her like observing Puck the entire time because it's not exactly as if like because the last that we hear from about Puck from Rachel is when they were quote unquote dating and he says oh I know that you're in love with Quinn da, 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 whatever the hell and then we kind of they break it off and then the next thing that we hear is like oh I think Puck's the actual daddy and I was just like I found it very very strange obviously it's the episode right before the hiatus but I mean hey I guess she's just been focusing a lot more on Puck and so she was like uh, I think something's going on here to which all the other kids are like no nothing's wrong nothing's wrong and then we didn't even know that the other kids knew because all we for all that we're concerned with is that Mercedes was the only one that knew before now. Yeah, well, you have to know the second that Mercedes found out, Tina found out and already found out. And well, Kurt uh, knew. Did Kurt know or 
She no, she she like so. All we saw was Puck tell Mercedes, and then we see nothing from that storyline again until now. And then all the kids yeah. get on the uh, on the phone call in the hallway. Which why? Yeah, this <laughs> is like the third time that we that we've seen uh, another phone call, and it's it's always starts with uh, Tina and Mercedes. So the two of them are just on the phone constantly. I guess the Glee Club is not enough for them. They have to just be talking all day long. So I mean, hey, good for them that they found like a best friend in each other. But yeah, so the, they're trying to keep this from Rachel because they know that the second Rachel founds out, it's it's not going to be good. And I mean, I think it's too late at this point. She knows. So uh, not much the psychic line is so. Um, so weird in the scene i'm i didn't know you guys were gonna talk about it but like it's such a it's just like a random throwaway but then it's like why they that's the only explanation they give for like how she's able to determine that this is going on right and no no one even questions it she just says it she's like i'm i haven't told you guys this but i'm psychic like i can't read minds or anything yet but i like know stuff and then everyone's like okay rachel bye but on the phone call i do think that this is one of the most iconic scenes in the show's history in like the whole canon of the show like yeah this is where you santana and Brittany reveal that they're sleeping together i just like this is like i remember this airing for the first time and it's like so burned into my memory all these kids walking around in the hallway but then they like i don't think they do something like this really again when you, and i would think that this is like a new like thing that they were going to do all the time after this yeah like this oh. that's huge like Amon, we've been like w- noticing every santana and britney moment that exists and the fact that like this pops up here out of nowhere uh they're talking about how sex isn't dating and britney's like yeah because if it were then santana and i would be dating and we're like what i remember watching yeah. that for the first time and being like what the hell and i was like is that just going to be a throwaway line like britney's kind of stupid and that just it, it is what it is but then it you know, it turns into this whole burgeoning romance between the two of them. So I, I remember being completely caught off guard by that. Uh, but you're right. It, it was it's... so cool that they, I mean, I just remember it when I, like you guys said, like watching it for the first time. And it's just like, it, it's that moment is just like in my mind. And it's, I, I will never forget that memory. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, to think of like most shows that I've watched, uh, we, we named Degrassi already in this episode. Uh, you think of like the how many gay kids were on that show, like the, uh, guys. Um, they had, you know, what, like one or two lesbian characters. But like, in I feel like in the majority of television, uh, in, in shows like this, you get like the LGBT plot lines are way more around guys for, for whatever reason. So the fact that they were willing to go here uh, right away with having uh, a possibility because we don't know exactly what's happening, but we were told that two of these main characters that are obviously uh, these young girls are apparently together. So I uh, love that they went straight into that and, and didn't just make Kurt the only gay person on the show. I mean, that's uh, an, an obvious take, but I still have to acknowledge and appreciate that. Yeah, I was listening to the Showman's episode they did about this episode. Showman's the Arrival Glee podcast. No, I don't we, know we love them. To... We, we love okay, and appreciate great. and stand them. <laughs> Okay, great. I listened to the episode they did about this episode, and Brad Falchuk was talking about how they shot the pilot and they released it, but then they shot the like t- two through thirteen all in a block without any of the episodes coming out, and they didn't know if they were gonna like get picked up or like mm-hmm. if they were gonna be able to carry on the storylines. So they had to wrap things up in, like at least somewhat before the end of the episode. Yeah. So it's cool that like potentially like. Thinking, I mean, both thinking about storylines that could happen in the future, but also putting a button on, like, the gay characters in this show and making this show that's, like, obviously a very gay show more canonically gay by increasing the gay leads, yeah. like, from one to three in a single line of dialogue is just very cool. 
I absolutely agree. Uh, that's I'm it's uh, the way you put it, like absolutely, like in one line, we just completely changed the show. Um, and we've been we've been talking about how uh, Brittany's been growing as a character. We just got a Santana scene in the last episode, which finally let us know who she really is. That she is this like I will yell at you, step in your face if you take my man or whoever it may be. Um, so love the development we're getting there, and there's going to be so much more to come. But let's keep moving here. Uh, we're going to get a little bit of a setup here towards what's going on in this episode. As we know that Will can't go to sectionals with the kids because he slept on a mattress in the last episode. Uh, so Emma is deciding that she wants to do something here to help out the kids and help out the team. She's been a pretty vocal supporter of the New Directions all to this up, up until this point. And whether it's for Will or not, you can determine that on your own. It is. Uh, but so she says that she wants <laughs> to move the wedding because she'll take the kids to sectionals. Somebody has to take them. And she tells Will that Ken took it super well, even though we see a flashback where Ken was obviously angry did not appreciate that so not a good episode for kentanaka here Amon. yeah i don't know i mean but look look i've been saying how i felt about ken this entire first half of this season and while i can totally understand the frustration with her, him thinking that emma is doing this for will even though will won't even be there uh dude you set yourself up you set yourself up. You knew what was going on weeks, months ago. You knew what you were getting yourself into. And you put up with so much. You allowed Emma to talk you into having nobody attend your wedding. And then having it on a day where no one would, like, where no one would see you. And then not even like, allowing yourself to live in the same house or speak to each other at school. And all of this stuff. Touching each other. You did this so at the very fact that like this is this is the last straw her pushing the wedding bag for uh, for the kids to be able to attend the glee club or the uh the the the, the sex sectionals competition like <laughs> sam sam we hate ken tanaka I, I don't know if that's come across i can tell how do you guys feel about emma in general i like i just like in in any teen tv show i've ever watched the about the adult plot line is the most boring thing that's ever i've ever experienced like i really don't need it on the show i can't imagine why it like exists basically this goes for riverdale degrassi gossip girl uh it's sabrina sometimes well the, the adults on sabrina are pretty cool but otherwise like i just like hate watching a teen show and having to deal with like the adult romances yeah so matt's talked about that a little bit like in how sometimes it can get like sometimes the episodes can sort of be uh annoying because we get more will content than we do uh uh with the kids but at the same time the the adults on this show are so outlandishly wacky that i'm entertained by most of them principal figgins hilarious sue hilarious will when he's fighting with sue is hilarious will when he's fighting with everybody else is sort of just like okay shut the hell up <laughs> emma i love her i love emma i mean i think it, i think it's just kind of a sort of hard i mean she's a little bit conniving she's a little she's a little she's, she's a little feisty in season one um <laughs> but other than that I, I think most of the adults on this show are very captivating to watch because they make such bad decisions not only for themselves but for the kids Emma is fine to me. I hate Will Schuster with a passion and have for long before my adult life started. <laughs> uh, but I agree with you that the other adult characters are like well done and like good cartoons. Like, well, I actually, I mean, the, I mean, Coach Beast is great. And I also love when they bring in the swimming coach. She's hilarious. But I do, Sue Sylvester is hilarious. Jane Lynch is. <laughs> an acting icon she is comedically gifted and uh delivers all these 
wild wines was was so yes. well. And the yeah. fact that they almost like did the show without her, like on full time, because I mean, we talked also about how she was not originally like intended to be a permanent character. Like she was, she had a guest spot, but then a show that she was working on also at the time ended up getting uh, not picked up, I guess. So she was full on board with Glee. Like imagine the show uh, trying to get through six seasons without Sue. Yeah, I wouldn't want to watch it. And I, you know, I, even with Sue, I still haven't watched the back third of the show. You will. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. I hope. <laughs> I hope so. I to talk about the scene specifically, I I mean, like Amon said, it's just more of the same from Emma where she's just like making all these changes to her current relationship. Like I don't even understand why she's actually with Ken. Yeah, it's it's a it's a farce. It's a it's very I'm I'm very glad that we see the conclusion of this plot line in this episode because it was it was getting to be very very much annoying. Just like the whole pregnancy thing is just like the more and more that you think about it, the more time that we're giving to this plot line, the more it's like okay, I'm I'm kind of finding it very hard to be invested in this because it makes no sense. We all know what they want. She obviously is in love with Will. Was in love with her. Let's 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 get some nookie. Let's move it along. Like I'm <laughs> I'm getting bored. Yeah, so let's uh, <laughs> let's let's move into the uh, the choir room here, or I guess this is still at the lockers. But we uh, we're gonna catch up with Rachel and Quinn as Rachel is still on this warpath to to like find information, tell information. She's just sticking her nose uh, where it doesn't belong, and I shouldn't have said nose because she's insecure about that. But um, <laughs> she asks Quinn if she's had like full genetic testing done for her baby, and then Quinn starts freaking out and saying that like she needs to go get these Jewish baby tests done, and you know she's she's completely planning to Finn about this, but obviously uh, we're going to find out here uh, or we're eventually going to find out or Finn's going to find out that this baby is not his and that's going to turn into a whole thing. Uh, but for now, we are in the choir room where Will is announcing Emma as his replacement to take them all to sectionals. Uh, Brittany says that she's the one that they made her talk to when she found uh, when they found a bird in her locker. We love Brittany. <laughs> um, and Will is just giving a sappy little speech about how he doesn't know what the future holds for them, but uh, he knows that they're going to make him proud. So Will is is just this whole episode, a lot of sappy crying, uh, you know, he can't be there and there's nothing he can do, but he knows the kids are great and he loves them. So uh, that's that's all going on now. Anything significant here? I mean, I felt like it was because Mercedes asked about the set list and I was like, I thought we had concluded the set list like last episode. Like, why? Why is it? Why? Why do they keep waiting until the last minute to get these things in order before it's time to actually perform? So I was sort of like taken aback by that. And of course, the fact that Rachel's like, you know what? Like, I'll, I'm going to go ahead and take the ballad. I was like, why is that already prepared? <laughs> I um, do think it's, I mean, to talk about the set list, I think it's funny because Mercedes is like, okay, but like, what about the set list? And he's like, I can't help you now. Like, it's, so, like, <laughs> it's so dramatic about the set list. When like, yes, he could. Like, no, the, the, the people in charge of the competition aren't like, they don't in have cameras, this room. right? Yeah, like, this is not that vital. Yeah, to... you could make the you could make the <laughs> argument though that Sue would definitely like. Mm. I mean, she must obviously have the room bugged because she was able to figure out last minute changes to the set list and get it out to the other schools beforehand. So like, you could make the argument that Sue is gonna you know chomp at the bit to get him disqualified if she can. It's not bugged. But it's just a Britney. Still Brit- Brittany. Brittany is still there doing all the leaking. <laughs> That's true. I forgot that she was the one that did it. Like, kick Brittany out of the room and maybe you can, t- maybe you can tell uh, <laughs> tell them something. But Brittany, Brittany is, as much as we love her, she's she's ruining this entire... Well, she's creating plot lines. So go, Brittany, go. 
Well, you know what? Also, shout out to Emma because, of course, Rachel was, like I said, was the first person to volunteer herself as tribute for the ballot. Um, and Mercedes steps up and is like, well, you're always doing that. I'm just as talented as you, uh, if not more talented, depending on your ear. Um, and I don't understand why you're the one that always has to be in the spotlight. And Emma's like, you know what, Rachel, why don't you just give her a shot? And then we get this fantastic rendition of And I'm Telling You. Totally agree with Mercedes. Uh, she's an incredible singer, and she should be given solos more. And unfortunately, the show doesn't really listen to me when I say that. And they really just <laughs> like to give Leah Michelle most of the songs. Uh, but I don't. What is her? What is the actress's name? Amber Riley. Yes. Uh, she's and she's incredible. Like this is an amazing song from one of my favorite musicals. Best movie, one of the best movies. I love Dreamgirls. I saw it in theaters and I've seen it so many times. It, the album is still stuck in my mind. I've listened to it probably more than any other album like <laughs> in the world. Uh, <laughs> and like she does an amazing job. I know that this is the song that Amber Riley auditioned for Glee with. And so I'm glad that they put it into the show because she really does do an amazing job with it. She is so fucking good. Like, I cannot... Like, like when I look back through my stupid little document where I have all my songs ranked and I, like, look at this and I'm like, this... I, I don't... Like, I would I would think that I that this song is from, like, season five where, like, she is just, like, a perfect vocalist and, like, she... Like, not that she isn't now, but, like, obviously as time goes on and they, like, are, are, are vo taking vocal lessons and practicing with, like, professionals and all this stuff and by the time they get to the end of the show, like, they are as good as they are now but, like, even better somehow. And the fact that she is this good this early on, like, she came into this show with this talent uh, is just insane and the fact that she's been hidden in the background for 12 episodes so far is disgusting but at least we at least we have this I mean yeah like her character and Amber Riley herself I feel like they're treated similarly you know because it seems like a lot of the time Amber Riley is brought into the storyline when it's when she has to sing some major major soulful song mm -hmm. and that happens in the glee club and it happens on the show too so it's just like eh. <laughs> yeah sometimes i wish that she didn't have to be the one that has to sing and i am telling you but at the same time it's like nobody else on that <laughs> can do it the way that she does so i mean take what you can get i guess yeah so the crowd goes wild here everybody is is up and cheering by the middle of the song as they should be it's like that's exactly what you're feeling while watching this at home uh rachel is smiling like through the pain of knowing that maybe she's not the best person at the moment for this job of uh having a solo at sectionals and she goes up to mercedes and you know tells her uh, that was amazing, and obviously everybody loved it, so uh, I can't wait to hear you sing it as sectionals. So, you know, point number one to Rachel of the episode for not letting her typical Rachel way of needing to be the star get in the way. She's learned a little bit over these past 13 episodes here, and, and she's willing to give it up to Mercedes, so we love that. And uh, let's let's go tell Finn some news. <laughs> yes, let's. I mean, I don't understand the psychology here. I mean, I do, but I don't. Because she's literally talking about, oh, yeah, go ahead, Mercedes. Like, you can definitely take this solo. I want to, you know, bring the team together. Finn, like, congratulates on her for being cool about it. She's like, you know, I really wanted to just, you know, bring the Glee Club together. Everybody wanted it. I just think that we really need unity right now. By the way, <laughs> Puck is the baby daddy. That baby don't got nothing to do with you. I'm not sure how you want to deal with that. But, like, this is what I heard through the grapevine. Actually, I didn't hear shit from the grapevine. It's just what I think. So, Yeah. So we cut straight from Rachel having to tell him to 
into the choir room and this, I, I don't condone this amount of violence in our choir room so uh, I hope this doesn't get heated in here because I'm not breaking you two up but uh, Finn just starts beating I'm about to tackle you please don't uh, Finn just starts beating the shit out of Puck and it is rough like like i didn't know that finn could hit that hard will walks in and of course uh breaks them up because this is the second time that he's done it and of course nothing is going to come out of this because why would anybody get in trouble for fighting so uh he is screaming that he know uh, he's like oh was it true is it true and i think it's kurt that says oh it must have been rachel that told him and he says well yeah it was but i want to hear it from you obviously pointing to quinn and like he wants to hear quinn tell him what he has heard and he doesn't have any reason to not believe rachel at this point like it seems pretty obvious you can look in quinn's face and see it all so yeah puck is the father and quinn is going to come out very upset she's like devastated that this is all happening especially in this way these guys are beating each other up uh and she goes to finn and says yes puck is the father and obviously you can imagine finn's reaction here on i mean i'm very happy that finn is told that he's not the baby dad like it's really it's really awful watching a couple of these episodes knowing that he's not the father and like knowing all the things he's going through and like doing for Quinn when she knows obviously that Puck is the dad. I I'm glad he knows. Obviously agree. I don't condone the immediate cut to violence that <laughs> he just goes on a rampage, I guess. It's like terrifyingly shot actually. Uh it's the fight very scene scary. There. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean... <laughs> The fact that like all the like no one's even trying to break that shit up either because they all know and I feel like most of the they're guys are standing like, there. What do you want? Are yeah, to like, like wheel his way in there and and get knocked out of the chair? No, I'm not saying that, but I just I just I just found this so funny because I mean this is like all ha- like in poor Emma like she just had to put out a fire with Rachel and versus Mercedes. Now the guys are going at it. Will's not even there, so somebody probably had to go and get him to get him to to break <laughs> it up. It's just a mess. Like, and I'm like, if I were M, I'd be like, you know what? Never mind. I, you guys can take yourselves to sectionals because y'all want some crazy shit. <laughs> but I mean, I, I feel for Finn here. Like, I honestly, I don't feel bad for Puck at all. Like, this is your best friend. You are the father of his child. And yes, you were trying to protect Quinn because you care about Quinn as well. But you're still his best friend and you are allowing this guy to do all of this work that you say that you want to do. But you're allowing this guy to do all of this work and then calling him your best. It's just a lot. Like, you lied to him, like, for months. And the same thing with Quinn. It's like, and obviously Finn can't beat her up, so (laughs) beat up Puck. Like, I was fine with it, to be honest. All that stuff in the hot tub, you just made that up? (laughs) And Puck's like, dude, you fell for it. Yeah, that is the... There are a lot of illogical things that happen on Glee, but, like... I know that the Ohio sexual health education program is probably not great at McKinley, but like, really? (laughs) Like you would think, I mean, I don't know how much details uh, Finn's willing to share with Will, but like they seem pretty close. They have talked a lot about this and about a lot of things. You would think at some point he might have mentioned the way that it happened. Like I I said, these guys are pretty close. Um, And if he just let that out for one second that, yeah, it was in the hot tub, but we didn't even have sex, Will would have been like, what do you mean? That's that's not how this works. Uh, But I guess they just never got to that conversation. So Finn's going to head out of the room and he says he's had enough. He's done with you, Quinn. He's done with the entire group. He's kicking things over as Finn is uh, want to do so he is going to head out here and Finn is no no longer 
uh, going to be attending sectionals with the group. So that's where we're at there. But we've got to we've got to get back to the person who caused all of this. Uh, actually, both of the people who caused all of this. Quinn is the person who really caused all of this. And then Rachel's the person who caused immediately this past scene. So Rachel goes over to apologize to Quinn and she says, I'm sorry. I understand if you want to beat me up. And I'm like, please don't. I can't take more of that. Um, but Quinn's like, no, I'm, I'm not mad at you. You did uh, what I wasn't brave enough to do. And Rachel's like, yeah, but I did it for selfish reasons because I, I wanted to break you guys up. And Quinn, I mean, that's a shitty thing that Rachel did. And it's nice that she admitted it. But Quinn's still like, you know, it's hard for her to to care about that because Quinn's still living in this entire guilt bubble that she's that she put right. herself in. She knows how many people she hurt. And, you know, it's they're both in a in a weird spot here. Right. Like, and I, I, cause I was sort of surprised when Quinn was like, I'm not mad at you. But then you just look at her face and you just realize and she's just exhausted. She doesn't have time for any of this anymore. It's just like the lie is finally out. And it, it she, I mean, she's still, she's probably thinking about where the hell she's going to stay because she's still staying at Finn's house. But now Finn is done with her. So where the hell is she going to go? She can't go back home. Like, mm-hmm. it's just a mess right now. So. Yeah, that, that's like another added layer. The fact that like he's she's at his house. Like, how did she let it get that far? That like she had to know he was gonna find out someday, and to be living with him. I know she had like nowhere else to go, but I, I mean, she was putting puck on trial runs to see how good he was at babysitting and stuff. Like, she was thinking about letting him do this, but you're staying at Finn's. It's just. Ugh, it's messy girl. and I'm like in retrospect I'm like wow I don't know if I should have given her those gold stars that I gave her but no I I I I think I stand by them it's just like I mean at this point like how name like one person on the show besides besides, besides like Tina Cohen Chang who isn't doing something wrong or like hurting somebody in the process so no, she's uh, making a stutter she, oh, yeah but she <laughs> Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody's got their flaws. Listen. Uh, So Puck comes up to her and says uh, he knows she's upset, but he just wants to be with her. He wants to be a good dad, blah, 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 blah. He's said this a million times and she just says, no, I can't handle any more stress. So I'm going to do this on my own. So that's that there. We're going to see Will saying goodbye to the new directions as they get on the bus. And he's, you know, last minute tips to Emma. And we see our new 12th member is going to be the one and only JBI, Jacob Ben Israel. He's getting on the bus to go to sectionals. And why is he here? Why is he like the first choice? I just. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Lawrence Ices goes to the school. We know that we saw her the other day. Yeah, Maybe it's just because he's the only other kid. That doesn't have anything to do on Saturdays because all the cool kids are hanging out with their friends. I guess. I don't know. But he just uh, – obviously, he just wanted to take the opportunity to to spend more time with Rachel, which is like – he sent she sent you panties already. Like, get over it. Like, I just don't understand why – I mean, this is more of a thing in, like, adult cartoons and, like, other things like that. But, like, why is there always a side character whose only personality trait is that they're horny? Like, I just, like, don't <laughs> – under, like people are, I just don't like that character ever and I don't think anybody ever likes that character and they're literally only there to be gross are you talking about Artie or Jacob Jacob <laughs> okay could have could have applied to both but I, I figured <laughs> I disagree Artie is a Artie is a fine young man who raps too much <laughs> uh, yeah, so Jacob is, is on the bus here, and I, I agree. I mean, that character is never quite necessary, but, like, I can't even remember having a reaction towards him. Like, I have a reaction towards him now, uh, but I can't remember caring much about him back when I first watched the show. I don't even know that he maybe had, like, you, a single maybe, maybe Maybe we empathize more with him as teenagers when we were fellow horny teenagers. <laughs> I don't know. 
Uh, yeah, so they uh, New Directions is off. They're going to show up at uh, sectionals. Uh, I don't know where the hell they're having this. Is it, it can't be far, right? Like, did they say? No, they never said what school it's at. No, but I mean, it, it's, I'm assuming it's at one of the schools in the section. It's not so. Jane Adams because they uh, do not have an. No, uh, I have the episode up playing while we're on this call, and they show a sign that says the Buckeye Civic Auditorium, Western Ohio High School Show Choir. So, what's Buckeye Civic Auditorium? I have no uh, idea. Do you I do that for just... Survivor too? No, I just did it for this because I had the I I don't know, I just thought about doing it. Because I used to do that <laughs> for the challenge and then I got distracted, but like I love that other like I love that people do that. Um I wish that they I do it done. on Race Spacer, uh and I'm enjoying being able to have this up, so maybe I'll start doing that for my Survivor podcast bitter jurors that I release every Monday recapping the episodes of Survivor. I was gonna let you plug at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you brought it up, we stand the bitter jurors, uh, especially especially your fabulous co-host who created our artwork for this podcast feed, which uh, everybody has seen by now. But yes. especially both of you. Uh, so what? Uh, you distracted me. Um, <laughs> uh, they're at they're at sectionals here, and Emma is announcing to the group that they are going last, as she is found out from the program, which we found out the other day is because Sue did this. She put in some work to get them to go last, so that uh, the other two groups who the set list was leaked to can go first, and then it looks like at the end that the New Direction stole their songs. Which I mean, what reasonable judge? Not that we have ever had a reasonable judge in the show would think that uh that a group was able to put together put together a song so well because like these those numbers would have been super well rehearsed because they'd been working on them for so long uh and have it had been copied by them like i don't know if i'm making sense but you see what it, like it, it doesn't make sense i guess like there's no way for them to prove that they didn't because if they got on stage and especially, I mean, especially for the for the, the, for the deaf Mary. kids. Oh my god! Because the deaf oh, kids it. are not going to be able to. You couldn't prove if they cheated. No, because every song that they sing would sound the same anyway. <laughs> so, but in terms of the Jane Adams Academy, like they got up on stage and did executed wheelchair choreography. And even if the McKinley kids got on stage and did the same thing, it's like okay, well, who did it first? And there'd be no way to prove that because it's not like the judges are at the schools, you know. Mm-hmm. I I mean, this is just like totally stolen from bring it on uh incredible film but they go to the first round of competition and everyone knows the same cheer because the one guy taught it to everyone and so it was just like everyone got disqualified basically uh but yeah i mean there's no way of proving who has it who did it first uh so i don't really know what they're but you know what now that we're thinking about it I guess I would be more inclined to believe the McKinley kids, seeing as how somebody in the Glee Club is actually in a wheelchair and none of the Jane Adams girls <laughs> are disabled, which would, you know, mm-hmm. we are in the age of 2009, so maybe our social barometers were a little bit lower by then, but in today's standards, you'd be like, so you got up there, a bunch of able-bodied girls <laughs> got up on stage and pretended to be disabled to be able to roll in a song called Proud Mary? Like... What, I it's... think it's a good point that yes, they Artie is Artie is a pretty good uh, show of proof that they came <laughs> up with the choreography. 
Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so they like like you guys are mentioning, they did Proud Mary, and then they also uh, did You're Gonna Love Me. But that's not what it's called. Uh, and I'm telling you. Rachel says, it's a really popular song uh, trying to comfort Mercedes, but that's not really going to do much. As you see, they pan across the entire group of New Directions, and they're all just staring blankly, except for like Jacob Ben Israel, who's like dancing away. But fuck him <laughs> i was so pissed when i saw that i know you you want to literally just shove him into a locker and uh have no sympathy towards him at all like so. mike jane gave him like the evil side eye. i was like yeah you just slap him in the face just just one good time and it's we- also like they added that song to the set list in the last like one day right so, like, <laughs> they like got that over to the other school like immediately i just think it's i i just think it's funny and then i guess that <laughs> I guess the students in that show choir are fine with it. They're like the t- the they're well they're probably they have to be right. mad at this coach, right? Cuz they're like she's like, "Well, I'm going to change the lineup right at the very last minute." Yeah, see, that's the thing that that's never really made clear in this in this episode is if the kids were in on it because um we don't we only really get to talk to both of the glee club directors and they just talk about how they want their kids to have an opportunity to win. Uh, although like the, they're fooling themselves because the deaf kids are just they're not they're just not going to win. But you just never know if they actually know what the hell is going on. But you know what? Even if the McKinley kids did get up there and sing the same songs, I still feel like they probably would have won because one, one of them sounded bad. The other one, they sang "And I Am Telling You I'm Not Going" and then twerked at the end of it. In what world is that appropriate to twerk to that song? Like, <laughs> read the room here. Yeah. Like. So, yeah, this is this is a mess for the New Directions here. Emma gets on the phone with Will, which is going to happen a couple times here while they're at sectionals. And uh, she's telling her this is bad. Uh, she tells him what's going on. Artie won't stop wheeling himself into a wall. Jacob in Israel <laughs> just peed himself. Like, and we see Artie in the background taking his wheelchair and like running into the wall uh, a hundred times, <laughs> which is guy. like very funny, but also like, oh, my God, um, this poor guy that he gets wheeled into a pool later on. Like he's wheeling himself into a wall and uh, Will is you know gonna hang up the phone with emma and he sees sue walk past the room that he's in and he stops her and says you leaked the set list and i'm not gonna allow you to get away with it and sue's like all right well you have no proof which is just her typical sue sylvester kind of response and she's basically i love sue's reasoning for being she says i mean it's a saturday and she's in the school and she says i'm here to feed my piranha plant (laughs) (laughs) what what was she actually oh no she's definitely here to have this confrontation yeah uh, she's like face facts at 1 p.m. The Glee Club is going to be done for. They're going to be uh, n- nothing left, and the money that's in the budget that goes to the Glee Club is going to be restored to the Cheerios as it should be. And uh, Will is yelling back at her that he's going to expose her for being a fraud, and Sue is not backing down at all. Uh, and she's going to end up walking away and planting a kiss on his lips by uh, kissing her fingers and then pushing her <laughs> fingers up against his lip. And like, this is not great. Uh, and there's not anything that he can do about it. She's like, what are you going to do? Hit me? Obviously not. Uh, but like, Will is so defenseless right now. Yeah, it's like he, he can't even really come to the Glee Club's defense anymore because of the fact that he's not he's been stripped of his of his uh, of his uh, position as the director. So it's just like what? What can you do? But luckily, there's somebody else that's in the school on a Saturday afternoon <laughs> that he can talk to. I just, I just want to get Sam's take. Like Sam, like first of all, we love Sue. I get that. But like, what would you do if somebody came up to you and did that in like a way that like was not okay with the whole like kissing the oh. fingers and blah blah blah? I mean, I don't think that it's. I mean, it's not like a real thing that anyone do. It's very like Bond villain. It's very like put yourself uh, in the Big Brother house. 
And so <laughs> you just got in a huge fight with somebody. And didn't this happen recently that like, uh, no, this was the challenge where uh, uh, neither of you watch uh, where they were. Paulie and Theo got into a huge fight and they were in each other's faces. And as they like they couldn't they didn't want to hit each other because you get kicked off the show for violence. But Paulie like planted a kiss on Theo's lips like mouth to mouth. <laughs> and everyone was like, is this like should he be kicked out for this? Like, is it some form of like sexual assault? Because obviously Theo didn't want to be kissed. So it was a very uncomfortable kind of moment. So I don't know. I guess you'd have to put yourself in that kind of uh, reality TV mindset but like it just it was weird i mean yeah it's definitely like it's aggressive and it's very uh kiss and kate barlow-esque uh if we're a whole fam here uh come on holes yeah uh she's just like showing total ownership she's controlled the whole thing she's a mastermind so i think that she's just like showing her dominance over will obviously if it happened to me it would be very uncomfortable it's it, that's what i'm saying I like i just I feel the like <laughs> i just feel uncomfortable but sorry i'm on uh yeah so who's in the school finn hudson is in the house seemingly cleaning out his locker because that's what everybody does on a saturday afternoon and finn, finn or, be in these locker rooms finn stays <laughs> in <the> locker rooms <laughs> will's pretty much gonna come up to him and like give him not quite like a pep talk but just like a here are the facts you can't always get what you want but at the end of the day, these your 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 teammates need you, and sometimes you have to sort of like swallow your own pride and do what's best uh, for the greater goodness of it all. Um, and he, I mean, he tries to empathize with Finn because he can empathize with him because I mean, he, literally the same thing happened to him last episode where he finds out that there's no baby. So uh, he he's he more than anyone is the person that can get through to him, um, and so he's going to end up leaving his keys on the bench. To which Mr. F- or to which Finn is thinking that that was a mistake, but not nah, it was intentional. And I'm like, why couldn't you just have driven him there? I just... like he's trying to like be so sneaky and subtle with like his little hints that he's dropping here. And it's like you're gonna let this guy go take your car? Like you don't have this good emotionally car. It, like... distraught guy that could go and run puck over because he was just pummeling him in the, in the freaking uh, choir room, <laughs> like. And doesn't didn't Will just get this broken down van that he was going to use for the baby? And I get that the baby's not in the picture and he knows that now, but like he still has that one car between him and Terry. So I don't understand how he's about to let Finn take this car on his own. And the way that like he leaves his keys is if these are any kind of like keys to a good car. Like, can we not forget the fact that Will, like everything he drives is broken down? But uh, I guess that aside. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Finn, Finn's got a lot to think about, I guess. You can't always get what you want. <laughs> rolls eyes like so let's go back uh over to sectionals uh so emma is confronting the other two choir directors there and she's basically saying you guys should be ashamed of yourselves how do you feel good about this and then one of them uh wh- what's her name miss hitchens miss hitchens uh she's like do you have any idea how much uh winning is going to mean to my girls and the guy's like uh yeah this is a case of deaf racism so this is not going super well, but you know they're not they're not budging at all. They're just excited that one of them is about to win. And Emma's like, well, maybe if you believed in them, they'd be amazing, you know, without the whole cheating aspect of it all. So, I mean, Emma is is she not earning any points in your book, Sam? I like Emma's fine. I'm not against Emma. I just I am on her side here. I feel like I, you came I, out as anti Emma. Well, I'm an anti adult, and I do find Emma Pillsbury <laughs> to be semi-annoying but i think in in my rewatch i remember her i mean season one everyone is a lot more human uh so she's good here but i mean i i was more anti her over the course of the show where i don't know she's just she gets on my nerves 
Yeah, I, 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 there's definitely a, a difference between season one, Emma, and uh, all the way up until season four. There's a, there's a big difference. Uh, but I, I loved Emma here. I love, I love it when Emma has these spicy moments because they're very rare in later seasons. I like, like being someone that is like not afraid of confrontation is just something that I don't associate with Emma Pillsbury often. And so when it does happen a lot in season one, I'm like, oh, you know what? You go, you go, go, girl. Yes, bitch. But I can read them because, like, look, like. She was so right. Like, you're educators. And right now you're telling your students that the only way that they can win is if they cheat. So I'm assuming that I'm assuming that we're supposed to take that as the audience that the kids are in on it, which is so fucked up. Because the Havenbrook deaf kids were definitely singing Imagine with the McKinley kids like two episodes ago. And it was like, such a beautiful moment. And then you go and shit on that by cheating and stealing their song. It's just a mess. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was so team Emma in this entire situation. Yeah, I mean, Sue really got into their heads. They both, both of these directors were like not into the idea. They didn't want to, uh, do this because it was a sneaky underhanded and that's not how they are. It's only how Sue is. But Sue got into their heads with the whole never let anything distract you from winning. And they were just kind of reminded that like it would be so cool for their kids to go on and win. So they just went ahead and did this. So whatever. Uh, so the, the, uh, the school with the deaf kids are going to go up next and they're going to sing Don't Stop Believing, which, oh my God. I mean, they, have they didn't sound that bad when they did imagine i know that like you know it's not gonna be a perfectly sang song they didn't sing (laughs) the new direction sang they true but like the guy the the one guy who was like trying to uh like the lead vocalist or however you would put it um like still like he he knew what he was doing this just sounded like they were going out of their way to show how much of a mess they are so uh, yeah i mean well like the same with the first performance like the girls choir the performance was like bad it or like it because we had just seen i mean maybe it was just because we just saw mercedes do i'm telling you yeah. right before but like both that and the wheelchair song they did were like not done well because we want to be on the side of the clique kids but mm-hmm. like obviously they would be better they were better performance when we saw them yeah. earlier in the season yeah, so uh, Rachel is going to call a meeting here. She says, meeting in five minutes. She like gets up and screams like in the middle of the auditorium. So uh, a little bit of a scene being caused here. But uh, they're going to go back to the green room, and they're trying to figure out how the set list got leaked because obviously this is, you know, two for two now that their songs are being used and they have nothing they have no backup plan like they went in with the set list they put together without shoes uh, mr shoes help and uh now they they're not able to do that so they're pointing fingers a little bit santana's like it wasn't me uh i may be a cheerio but i didn't leak the set list and Brittany stands up and says uh oh well it was me uh so again Brittany is the mole here but touching moment from santana as she says she likes being in glee club but like don't any of you tell anybody it's the best part of her day rachel is trying to get mercedes to pick herself up and pick a different ballad that she can sing and mercedes is like uh no i think you you're gonna have to do it we agreed that i would do the song that i wanted to do and now i can't do that so anything that you can prepare on the spot here is gonna be better kurt agrees they're all like yeah rachel you're our best singer um and they're trying to put together this plan to have a number to close with because they need at least two songs i guess uh and then in walks the guy who was just driving the most broken down car that ever existed finn hudson finn is here and he found a song and he's prepared the sheet music and everything like that so finn is here to save the day and we all definitely didn't see that coming Amon. 
Yeah, um, just a little, just to backtrack just a second, like, I found it just a, a little annoying that they're all cajoling Rachel, like, yeah, Rachel, yeah, you're, you're our best singer, so you gotta do the, it's like, no, she's not your best singer, she's just the most prepared, she's the one that had, has all these songs that she knows already, like, by heart in her head, like, if you guys did the same thing, you all could have been, like, in the running for that solo, but whatever. Um, yeah, like, clearly she's not the best singer because they came to this competition ready for someone else to have the solo. Right. Absolutely. But, okay. She's she's not like that's like something that I feel like comes up every once in a while. It's like is Rachel the best or is she just the most annoying? She's the most <laughs> she's just the most ambitious. She's the one that wants it the yeah. most. So she's just she's going to get it. Exactly. Um I like the and fact I, that I I like the, uh, this moment with Rachel and Mercedes though. I mean, I don't like that Mercedes doesn't ultimately get to perform and sing in front of everyone, but I like this moment where they're both supportive of each other because Rachel's like trying to help Mercedes like be like, do you have anything else you can sing? And Mercedes is like, no, I think you're gonna have to do it. And they both, I they they both have good moments in this episode. Rachel earlier in the choir room and this now where they're like recognizing each other's talent, which I appreciate. Yeah, that's not something yeah. we usually see. It's not something we usually see, but it's something that is so like it's so much more forthcoming from Mercedes than it is from Rachel. Like Mercedes is quick to be like, well girl you got it whereas rachel will put up a fight but whatever that's neither here nor there i'm still clearly not won over by rachel yet but um <laughs> i did like the fact that finn uh definitely said that he printed off that sheet music with the cheerios printer and then trashed it so fuck you sue sylvester that was awesome <laughs> um but yeah we don't we don't get a chance to see what the uh what the song is yet but he does tell matt mike santana and Brittany to come up with some quick choreography for whatever the song is going to be. And I was I was surprised that Santana was included in that because we don't really consider Santana, or at least I never really considered Santana much of a dancer, more so Britney yeah. and uh, Mike Chang. But So that was kind of strange. But yeah. um, In a later season, that would just be like Mike and Britney, obviously, or, or the two head dancer or the head choreographers. Yeah. And they need to give everyone something to do here in the team coming together moment. They need to just say Matt's name to acknowledge can they just, him. Can, they, can he get a line? A lot. He literally he had a moment today in the episode where when uh, Mercedes is you know standing up to Rachel talking about like well why are you the one that has to get all the solos I don't understand this, this is such bullshit and he she like looks to Matt for support and Matt is like mouthing the words I don't know I don't know so he can't even like say a real word like can you get like an audible line in this show please like it's just like what the hell are they doing with him Do we know what was going on with this like is he in the rest of the season or is this his last episode Uh no he's he's, he's there all the way. Okay, but like, why, why did they do this? <laughs> I have to imagine he was like just hired to be an extra, which uh, Santana and Brittany were as well. But I think like it's pretty obvious that like the girls in New Direction, New Directions are all like the more complex characters. And then it's like on the guy's side, you have Finn and Puck. I mean, Artie is. Uh, just like not fully there yet. He's there, but he doesn't really have much going on. And then you have the football guys, Matt and Mike, who are just completely irrelevant. So they they really don't care much about the guys. And I guess I don't blame them because the women characters are all much better. So I don't know, hard to blame them. I want to text uh, Matt Gagan after we're done with this podcast, uh, as I've definitely mentioned already that he's watching the show for the first time. And I'm going to ask him without Googling to name all 12 members of the New Directions <laughs> from season one. And I'll report back. <laughs> So Finn's going to come back, do all this, and he's asking JBI for a spot back. And JBI's like, yeah, I uh, just wanted to get in Rachel's pants. That's the only reason I'm here. So gross. Um, and then Puck comes over and puts out his hand and like tries to apo- not apologize. He doesn't even apologize. He just says, are, are we cool, dude? And Finn just straight up looks at him and says no. So 
that's I not going to that be because they shouldn't be. And I'm I like that they show that he's not. Ex- I mean, Puck didn't apologize, but I'm glad that they d- show him not ex- being like cool with it because like Puck obviously just wants to brush this all under the rug. But I'm glad that Finn isn't beating him up, but he's still like <laughs> angry at him, and like they aren't just wrapping this up with them all forgiving each mm-hmm. other because it shouldn't be yeah no I, i'm with you and uh i would not have been surprised if they ended up with like them beating each other up on stage again but uh glad they <laughs> glad that didn't happen so uh will's back on the phone with emma because he just like i mean i get that he can't perform with them but like he couldn't just be in the crowd watching like is he literally banned? I, I guess he is just banned from being in the building that's crazy to me that doesn't that and- happen to coaches like where like if you get thrown out of a game, you literally have to leave. He probably can't like support them because he couldn't even help them with their the set list. So like he probably isn't actually allowed in the uh, auditorium where they're performing. I guess I'm like surprised that like Sue hasn't tapped into Emma's phone to like find out that this is happening <laughs> and, and make sure that doesn't happen. But whatever. I know they're like phone boarding the entire episode. It's they are. Uh, let's get into this performance here. We have Rachel is obviously been elected by the group to be the soloist here in their first number, and we are going to get the very iconic number here. Don't rain on my parade as Rachel Berry takes the stage. And just just jaws are dropped all around the auditorium. Yes, this is probably her first, like, hallmark, landmark, whatever mark, like, Glee, Leah, Michelle performance. This is the, this is the, this is the song that really introduced me to the musical Funny Girl, because I didn't really get hardcore into musical theater until, like, around high school, so... Um, this was, a. Uh, I I love this song so much. She just sounds so great on it. And cl- like the, clearly the Barbra Streisand influence is as essential because you hear it all in the inflections, but it's done so well. The first time that I heard her sing this song, I had no idea what the song was, but I immediately fell in love with it. And I just, I just loved it so much. It was it, like Leah Michelle, you know, when she's in her element, she's fantastic. And no wonder the freaking audience like all stood up and like had like this whole like religious moment when she sings, because it was great. It was just it was just a fantastic moment for her and for the show in general. I agree. I had never heard the song before this episode aired. I did not know about Funny Girl, and I still haven't really looked into what Funny Girl is all about, despite Rachel Berry saying it like three hundred times throughout the course of the Glee run. Uh, this is. She's so good in it. She owns the audience first. We love it when someone comes out and is in the audience before taking to the stage. Uh, but I, I I, wanted to go back to what Amon said about uh, sounding like Barbara Streisand because a while ago when I was really getting into my Glee rewatch a couple months ago, I, would, I was rewatching performances and I was in the comments section of a song that Rachel sings later and people were debating about how she just sounds like whoever sings the song she was singing. And that's like an interesting thing that Glee does. It's because they're not, they are doing covers. They're not like reinterpreting the songs and they very rarely stray from like the original rendition of the song they're trying to do because that's what the audience is here for. Like they want to hear these musical theater people sing songs that like they know and they don't want it to be like different or interesting. Uh, I mean, they, it's still interesting, but it's not like a new take on it. And yeah, Rachel does a really great job performing like 
Barbara Streisand and like what people are expecting to hear from it. And that's not a knock against her. That's just like what the show does. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, I guess, like an early take. I'm on to start with you. Like, do you feel like it's close between the Rachel version and the Santana version of this song? Because I did have these two songs up against each other in that recent bracket. And there are people that are very strongly on the it's Rachel side and it's not even close. And then there are people like me who I do like Santana's version better. I mean, it's it, it, Santana is a fantastic singer and it sounds perfect it sounds fine it just it just i guess it always just depends on like what you believe a fanny bryce should sound like do you think that a, a fanny bryce should sound like someone with a heavy uh r&b um and soul influence in their voice or do you feel like it should sound a little bit more broadway standard and if you're a more of a of a puritan when it comes to your broadway standards of course you're gonna you're gonna fall in line with the racial support but if you are someone that is more interested in reinterpretation and maybe fanny bryce doesn't have to come in one package in a jewish girl then yeah i mean they both sound really great so i mean i don't really have a preference but i'm not casting funny girl so i don't really have to have a preference you know what <laughs> i mean and i do not have a hand a lot i did not remember that santana did this song so i'm sorry i do that's not have fine. an answer to your that's question. fine uh and i i see your point Amon. i'm also in the same boat as salmon where uh, i'm really not familiar with funny girl so i i can't really speak to that part of it um so at least it sounds like you are so i'm glad about that at least one of us should uh should know what funny girl is outside of the context of glee <laughs> but um i i don't know i i like i just love them both so much maybe it's just like truly the santana bias in me that makes me uh lean towards her that's I mean, I, I could d definitely uh, agree that that could be it, but I don't know. I don't know why we have to put them up against each other unless it's a bracket anyway. So let's I just let think that most good. people were having. Well, were you issue. did the bracket and you asked the question. So I guess I want to know why you think we have to put them up against each other. That's what I'm trying to work out in my own head. I, <laughs> I never said I do all the right things all the time. I just think that most people, when it, when it comes to that argument between the don't run on my parades, I just think that a lot of people were pointing out the the ludicrous nature of that episode that like a latina woman with that kind of voice is not going to be called back to play a jewish girl from new york in like the 1920s it's just not going to happen um so i think that's why people are, are pissed off about it but she sounds great i mean you can't deny that it sounds great so if we're out you know we're going to like some karaoke bar and we're just out to have a good time and sing some uh sing some broadway songs maybe i'm probably going to be like oh you know what i kind of fuck with santana's version because her voice sounds like a lot of the voices that i heard growing up as a as an african-american kid uh but you know Maybe at the same time, I'm a big ass musical theater geek, so maybe I'd be, I would, I don't know. It really just depends on my mood. But in terms of like casting Funny Girl, yeah, Santana probably would never see, unless this is like a purposeful reinterpretation of Funny Girl, Santana would like never see the light of day on Broadway. Yeah. Singing that song. I, I totally get you on that. Um, so after that's all done, the New Directions are going to join Rachel on stage, and then we're going to go into the number that Finn put together here. You can't always get what you want, which uh, was dropped. That line was dropped a couple of uh, a couple minutes ago from Schuster, and I guess that inspired Finn to go find this song. And oh, shadow. They, they sound great, uh, obviously. And Emma's still on the phone. Will is like crying hysterically every time that he hears somebody hit a good note, which is pretty often because they all sound good in this song. Yeah. I will not normally say something good about Will Schuster or Matthew Morrison, but he does do some good acting in these scenes. I really believe that he loves these kids and is really proud of the work they're putting out. <laughs> and this is the best kind of Will Schuster there is where he like is supportive of the children 
and it doesn't happen often enough on this show but i like it here uh he i mean it's hard for it's hard to act in the i'm sure for him just like in this room alone so i i'm like i i remember them cutting to him when we were watching it and like i i don't know it looks really good i i believe that he loves them i I'm with you, but like counterpoint that like potentially we know how much Will loves winning. And he did make a comment. I think it was an episode or two ago, or maybe it was this episode. I don't know about how if you guys can't win without me, then I didn't do my job. And like part of me is like, is he happy for the kids or is he happy because he did his job right? Or can both be like existing together? I don't know. I, I feel like there's a little bit of where Will obviously wants to see them succeed and do well. But like him having won and feeling like he did what he was meant to do probably might mean more to, mean more to him than just knowing that the kids are doing well. Am I just being too I, mean on him? No, I can see that. I think that Will Schuster has a lot of ambition for his high school glee team. Yeah. Well, I mean, it definitely all started with him trying to relive those days. So he has a very personal attachment, um, not only to the kids, but just to the nature of the glee club as a whole. I think it was a poor choice of words to tell their, tell them like, if you can't win without me, it's more so if you can't do this without me, then maybe I haven't done my job. Because <laughs> if they lose, it doesn't necessarily mean that they were horrible. It just means that somebody else might have been just a little bit better. But that doesn't mean that you didn't do your job well. Yeah. So Yeah. True. So let's uh, let's get to this judge's deliberation here. Uh, we get Anna Camp here. She, uh, our pitch perfect friend. And uh, am I going to be raked over the coals if I don't know who the other one is? No, uh, she's the only person I know in this scene. I don't think the other one's like anybody of real import. I think that's a fictional character from Glee. Okay. Yeah, because I, I mean, the Anna Camp is not Anna Camp at this point. This is like 2009, and Pitch Perfect yeah. comes out in like 2012. True. Uh, yeah. So these judges are deliberating, and we have the well. I mean, some guy that we do know here is uh, the the news guy who was dating Sue for like five seconds before he uh, cheated on her, but he didn't say that they were exclusive. So uh, that guy is one of the judges. The, the fact that Sue Sylvester is not a lesbian is ridiculous <laughs> in, in this show. Like, it doesn't make any sense, and especially since Jane Lynch is like is a lesbian. It's like why. I mean, I understand that this is 2009 and not 2020, but it, it's to think that I don't know. It would just be better if she, I would. It would just be better if every char- fictional character was queer. So I guess I'm just saying <laughs> that I wish that they did this one thing. I don't really take any issue with that, to be honest. I just don't like that. I mean, I I guess I don't. I just wish that she wasn't. I wish they didn't involve her in like straight dating plot lines, like with the newscaster. And I know that she gets married to herself later, which I like a lot. And I think that's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's why I feel like I don't really take too much of an issue with it because the, it, like it, it's not really focused it, on very much. It's, which I, it's it, not very focused on very much. And when it is, it doesn't really work for the character because if anything, Sue really should be asexual. I mean, she married her fucking self, you know what I mean? And it seems like whenever, Whenever they want to soften her up a bit, it's either with romance, which usually backfires, or it's with her relationship with Becky Jackson. So, which I, always works and is so so good. Right. So I, I you know, I don't really, I don't really, care, I don't really need the, the 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 romance from her. Period. Because I just think that it's very just, it's just not in the nature of Sue Sylvester. So no matter who she's fucking. So I I agree with that. Yeah, I wish that it was just like, I mean, I either wish that she was a lesbian or it was never talked about. <laughs> Because I just don't get this is another thing like I like I've said already millions of times. I just like don't care about the adults dating each other. That's not why I'm watching Glee. No, I'm with you. I have been very vocal <laughs> against the adults this entire way. Like the only ones that I care about are Sue and is that it? I mean, at the end of the day, like 
like Will, it's hard to like not care about Will because he's so involved in all of this. And obviously we've talked about my, my Matthew Morrison standing, but uh, I mean, at the end of the day, like the, the rest of them can all go. And I say that with having loved uh, Jessalyn Gilsig as Terry Schuster here. And I wish that she had stayed on longer. Maybe like that's the one adult that like if she had stayed on the whole time, I would uh, stand her even more. But she does. Have I a pretty do like Gwyneth Paltrow and Kristen Chenoweth on their episodes. Like they are very funny and good guest stars. Yeah. No, I, I don't know if I counted them when I was. Oh, no. Yeah, of course. I was just think- I was just thinking of adults on this show. Like. Like we said, the adults are better when they're cartoons, not three-dimensional characters that, like, have feelings. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Miss Higgins comes back to compliment the new directions on a job well done, and she is feeling the guilt here. Emma got to her, and she's going to say, she's like, I'm going to go tell the judges uh, what happened, that we don't deserve to win. And the judges come out of the room, and they are heading off to the stage area. Uh, Candy, the judge, comes out, and she's like, oh, you guys were great. So, like, obviously, seems like the, uh, like, there is some love to- from the judges to the group. But then as Miss Higgins goes to like stop the news guy and say like, hey, just so you know, and she wants to tell him what happened. He's like, I'm sorry, we've already made our decision. And she does absolutely zero pushing back. So obviously the yeah. directions don't see that she cares very much. He can stop. He can, you can tell him like if, yeah. it, if we won, disqualify us because we cheated. You still could have done that. Like he's not running off to war and never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> You would we think that if in. she really cared, she would have stopped that. Like, the fact that she turns that. around and, like, looks at them like, ooh, shit. I guess we can't do anything <laughs> about it. I need to turn that into a gif of just, like, indifference so that I can use <laughs> it. So that's that's all we're going to get from, from this competition. It's uh, pretty unusual that we're not going to see the results of this play out. We're going to find out later. So uh, we'll put a pin in this for now. But usually at the end of a competition, we go to the stage and find out who won directly but like i said that's not going to happen here uh so we're gonna switch over to the schuster residence where we have not seen terry and will together since that big blow up in the last episode where will found out that terry was not actually pregnant and will left and went to go sleep on that mattress that started this whole problem so we are getting the first time that they're back together will is getting dressed for the ken Tanaka and Emma Pillsbury wedding that's happening later that day because it was pushed to after sectionals. Uh, and Terry is going to come talk to Will and say, listen, I've been seeing a therapist. I'm trying to get better. And I mean, Amon, we have talked a lot about Terry and where she's at with all of this, but it just seems like there is no hope. And Will is not giving any sign that he is willing to forgive her here. It seems pretty much like this is just, this is done. You know, when she started talking about, um, I thought it was, I liked this scene because it was very humanizing for her in light of her horrible, horrendous actions. But the line about her saying how, you know, she let her anxiety run her life, but she wasn't always this way. It, it took a moment for me to be like, oh, you know what? I relate to that because, you know, anxiety is never a problem for anybody until it's a problem. Mental health is never an issue until it is an issue. And then you have to find ways to cope and you have to, you know, find mechanisms, medication, whatever it is to help to help you out. And I guess she was just in the middle of understanding that her anxiety is a problem. It caused an epic problem in her marriage, and she's doing what she can to fix it. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that you are absolved of consequence, and you severely hurt the one man that it's a, that was supposed to care for you through this. And also, something that I noticed was like, <laughs> bitch, Will has a type, because clearly... Uh, Terry is the anxious type, and now he's falling in love <laughs> with uh, a chick that has OCD. So it's like, you might need to sit down and do some reevaluation of why it is that you feel like you are attracting 
I'm not going to use the term crazy, but like people that are serious that have, that have some issues, you know, like he what does that say about you? To feel like he's helping people and like I think Fixing. that he likes to, yeah, he wants to feel like he's like vital to people's lives or whatever, which I mean, maybe goes back to what you were talking about earlier, where he was like, if you can't win without me, like I haven't done my job or whatever. And right. so he wants to be the most important factor in people's lives, period. Yeah, absolutely. Like this does feel like the end uh, for the two of them. And it's, you know, she's, she's really upset about it. Uh, he, he's like, I'm looking at you and I'm trying, I'm trying to see the love and the family that I used to see when I looked at you. And Terry knew that this was coming. She said that the only reason he was sticking around in the first place was because of the baby. And again, it does seem like that was the case. Um, I mean, it wouldn't have been the case if say she actually was pregnant and, you know, God forbid, uh, like she had a miscarriage or something like that. And, and uh, like, that's how it played out. Of course, that wouldn't make him leave. It was just the lying. And, you know, this is all it was the last straw, the way that she handled things. He's he's got no interest in sticking around here. So and um, also she's not like like she's kind of like trying to boil out any of the nuances when she makes it all about the baby, because y'all were having problems before it. You were asking him to to quit his job so that you could afford all these things that she didn't want to work for. You wanted like a, a sunroof in this marble kitchen in a foyer when he's a fucking teacher and you didn't want to work and you're like you have all you're spending all this money on these crafts that you don't need so like she's just a toxic person right now in general so no it's not about the baby it's about just like you wanting to feel like you need to control him and it's just like no wonder when this is like the this is like the last straw for him like this baby is not the end all be all this was the last straw like you lied about a child and on top of that you were already horrible to me anyway so of course i can't really see the love in your eyes right now like screw you yeah i'm very glad both of these people are out of each other's lives um they don't seem good for each other at all and i'm glad that they are at last broken up uh will's gonna go head over to the wedding hall i mean if you call it a wedding hall and emma's the only one that's there so it's kind of a weird entrance for will uh and he shows up and he's got a gift for her and he's kind of looking around like what's happening emma explains that ken dumped her uh he said that moving the wedding for sectionals was the last straw and will's like but i thought he got that you were doing it for the kids and emma's like no he got that i wasn't doing it for the kids like we both we all know that i was doing it for you um and she just starts breaking down and she's like will like one blink from you and i would have been out the door uh i would have i would have you know been done with this in in a second if i had knew that there was any chance and she's she can't do this anymore she's had enough of falling of of being in love with this guy that that has not loved her back up until this point and this whole thing with ken it's just pushing her over the edge and she needs to get out of this so she says i uh emailed my resignation to figgins my last day is going to be on monday i just can't be there anymore i can't be around you i can't be around ken and as she goes to head out will grabs her and kind of pulls her back in and he's like, I just left my wife. And she's like, uh, yeah, I know. I, I got to keep going. Uh, and then she's, <laughs> <laughs> no, she's like, uh, yeah, you just did. Like, you just left her. And he tries to pull her back one more time. Did you, did you hear what I said? Like, I just left my wife. And she's like, yeah, no, I get that. But like you, th- that's the problem. So she's basically saying that I, I can't I can't agree to be with you or anything like that. Like, this isn't the time. Like, you literally just left her. We can't move forward at this point. Like, neither of us are in a spot where we yeah. can just 
You just left your wife. I just got dumped. I'm upset. You're clearly still dealing with your own shit. And now we're trying to figure out a way to get be together in the end. Like it's it's not the therapist. Not the right really time to start out. a relationship. Yeah. Yes. And I think and it's good that she knows that now. Uh I guess it's bad that she doesn't know that in four minutes when they get together anyway. <laughs> That's the power of uh, of kids singing to you, and then you realize everything that needs to happen uh, in order for you to get the girl. So yeah, but it's like it's not like Will is because like Will wanted to get together, and then like seeing the Glee kids perform convinced him to try to get together again. And then his Emma life this, would suck without this, her. Yeah, I know, but Emma didn't experience this powerful life altering number, so I don't understand why she suddenly like. You know, it's just it's 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 a glee plot point that uh, happened conveniently, and I just have to let it go. That's that's <laughs> been both of us with a lot of things that have happened so far in these episodes, and uh, we're, we're I'm I, at least for myself, I'm trying to let these things go, and sometimes it's not so yeah. easy. I I I should have just I it's just it's just part it's just part of the show, you know. It glee is. is just something where they have characters make complete one eighties on the flip uh, the flip of a hat and they just like don't really explain it and that's just the new normal for that character or whatever. So it's just like not worth I mean I, I if if we're debating it, I think I can kind of understand it. Cause it's like she makes the decision to leave, right? Like Will tells her that there he's no longer with Terry. So while she doesn't think that it's the best time to be in a relationship, in the back of her mind, she still likes him. So the fact that he is now available, it's like, okay, well, maybe in the future, right? But it's still too heartbreaking for her. So she decides to leave. And then in the midst of her cleaning up her office and really coming to terms with the fact that she is about to leave the job that she actually likes because of two men. And then all of a sudden she sees one of the men that she actually likes running towards her before she's about to leave and then lays one on her. I could totally understand, like, the whole, like, maybe I should just take, maybe I should take a moment to just think about this for a second. So, like, it's not rational, but it's, like, I get it, if it makes sense. Yeah, I understand it. It's just, the you know, the it's like Matt said, the power of music, uh, it works. It drives you. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty powerful stuff. They made a whole show around it. So we are going to go, let's go over to Figgins' office where we are going to get some resolution to the uh, dirty antics of Sue here where she leaked the set list and Will found a way to provide proof to Figgins and Figgins is not going to let it slide this time. He is demanding that she, because she, she tries to run away and he's like demanding that she stays. He's like, sit down, like enough, like enough of you just thinking you can get away with everything. Uh, he's like, I've let too much slip by me before, but it's not happening anymore. As of today, you are no longer the coach of the Cheerio. She's just like appalled at the idea that this position would be taken from her. Figgins is is not going to budge, though. She he says he has an orgy of evidence stacked against <laughs> her. Is that what he said? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> he could have used he kept, a better word. He kept trying to make excuses saying like, oh, I, did, I, didn't, I, I didn't come from me. It was like, well, it had the Cheerios let, or letter mark on it. It's like, well, that's just a coincidence. It had from the desk of Sue Sylvester on yeah. it. It's an orgy of evidence stacked against <laughs> Great scene. I think that Jane Lynch is in her... I mean, she she kills every scene that she's in, and I think that this part where Figgins is confronting her about all the evidence is, like, peak her, where she's just like, nope, uh, wasn't me. Nope. Uh, 
this is she's so good. Yeah, she's excuse evidence, for everything. She's you so have good. No evidence. And yeah, she's not only like stripped of this title, but she's also suspended from the school as of today. And Figgins is going to tell Will that he's reinstated as the coach of the Glee Club, like full on just him. Uh, he squared everything away with whoever he needed to talk to and cleared up that there was a mistake made. So Shu is back where he wants to be without Sue around. And Sue's going to stop him in the hallway and say, listen, well played. I underestimated you, but I'm going to go take a little break here. I'm going to head down to my condo. And then when I get back here, be ready for destruction because you just woke up a sleeping giant. So prepare to be crushed. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, whatever. You still have to get admitted back into the school for any of that shit to happen, Sue. So... Yeah, I mean, she uh, she'll find a way. I'm I'm sure of it, as I have seen the episodes and I know. So let's go back to the quiet room and the new directions are there. They're like we said, we didn't find out the results while they were at sectionals, but we are finding out here that they won uh, first place in sectionals. They have their trophy and they are presenting it to Will, and he is just so proud. Apparently, it was a unanimous vote from all three judges. So good on them for that. But Will is immediately shifting his attention to the next win that they can get. Time to focus on regionals. Let's get going on that. And Rachel's like, you know what? No, hold on. Uh, You didn't get to watch us perform at sectionals. So we prepared a little number for you. And the new directions are going to go into my life would suck without you. That leads into a montage of what, Amon? Well, one thing that I noticed, uh, the choreography of this number is a bunch of mashed up choreography from season one. Did you notice that? Um, the, uh, now that you say it, I mean, I can picture it. There was, we got like a little bit of hairography from Britney. We got some Halo what walking on the cowboy hats. The, like that sticks out to me in my mind as like a memory of just like, that I thought, was, cause um, I remember that they were going to do a song name. with cowboy hats at the end mm-hmm. of this episode. And I didn't, I thought it was going to be like a cowboy number. Cause I just remembered it being so out of nowhere that they like wore and did this like, Do-si-do choreography. That was the the last name choreography from when Chris and Tenno performed. There was also Uh Push It choreography. There was uh, Say a Little Prayer choreography from Brittany Quinn and Santana. There was Sit Down Your Rockin' the Boat choreography. There was Proud Mary choreography with Artie rocking his thing back and forth. Like They mashed up all of almost all the new directions. Yes, I, uh, I definitely noticed that single A's was in there, but I honestly did not notice that this was happening. But like, again, now that you Neither say did it, I, I can picture So now it. I was like, holy shit. That was I'm going to go back and, and watch it again. That's that's actually pretty cute. I'm I glad we get the note that they won despite, like even without the cheating being confirmed, they like won unanimously because they really were way better than the other groups, even despite like, them having their set list stolen like we saw the performances of the other kids and they were bad compared to the new direction so i'm glad that they they confirmed that they won even (laughs) without the cheating yeah that was a nice touch so yeah uh, we're going to get this montage of will running in the hallway try he tries to go to uh, emma's office but she's already gone so he goes to the other hallway and then there she is on the other end in her posh green jacket she is a box of her box of, of, cl- of cleaning supplies, I'm sure. Like, I don't know what the hell else she would be bringing with her. Nothing else can be that important. But yeah, Emma is on her way out. She has resigned from the school, so she's heading out, and Will is just got to catch her. So he stops her, and we get our first 
Wemma kiss that the world has been waiting for that we're going to go close out these first 13 episodes on a Wemma kiss and uh, I don't remember my reaction if I even had one from this I feel like you just knew it was coming kind of thing so maybe it wasn't too exciting plus it's like again to Sam's point of like not caring about the adults like you would think that they kind of would want to end it with like Finn and Rachel connecting but I mean that yeah, I couldn't believe how much of this like season mid-season finale had to revolve around Will. Like I I just like don't have these memories of I know that his wife faking her pregnancy was like a big plot line in the beginning of the show, but I like you said like I would have imagined that it was a Rachel and Finn thing or like something more about the kids rather than ending it on Emma's face, which is like <laughs> such a random decision because she's like not even the main character in the adult plot line that we're watching. So like I it it it's a very odd choice. I think I was all about it when I saw it. I thought that I was like I, I think that I fell, you know, victim to the the romance trap of it all. So I mean, but I I definitely take both of your points about like not really giving a damn about most of the adult plot lines for the season as a whole. Like especially the whole Akafella's plot like I was just so over that shit. But with this in particular, I think that they got me. The writers got me in terms of like wanting me to like root for Emma and Will to finally have that moment for for one another. So I was fine with it. I mean, it's still a little cliffhangery because we never because obviously there's still a lot going on between the two of them. We don't know if it's you know if it's gonna work out. So it's still like a little bit of a will they won't they type deal. So I was fine with that kind of ending. I didn't really. I'm I. As far as I'm concerned, fuck Rachel. She does not deserve Finn right now. She literally like ruined his whole life right now. Like, oh yeah. I don't think that they should like I don't think that they should have shown them getting together after everything that we saw happen. I just mean from like a storytelling in like in a broader scheme like I don't love that this is the finale of the There was no like resolve for them. Yeah. yeah. I mean it started the season started with it being all about Will and the fact that like they're ending in here being all about Will is not surprising but like that's not something that I loved when they started. I wanted to see the kids and like all the kids and you know it have it be about them and that's how i would like it to have ended as well but that's not what they're choosing to do but i you know there's plenty more of that coming so that's a choice that they made and they will have to live with it because it obviously didn't affect them much as they went on to have many more seasons to come and a very successful (laughs) second half as well so whatever they guess i guess they knew what they were doing but that's that episode. That's a sectionals. We have come. We have arrived. New directions have won. And it's uh, we got one trophy down here in the choir room. So let's get into all the other stuff we've got to do before we wrap up today. Let's give out our gold stars. Sam, you have not heard any of what we've done just yet, but we give out a gold star at the end of every episode. I think we did kind of briefly touch on this earlier. So if you want to think about who you would give your gold star to, go ahead while I tell you that my gold star... For this episode, again, Sam, any reason that you want, um, mine is going to go to Rachel Berry. I felt bad that I didn't give it to her last episode, and that's not why I'm giving it to her here, but I'm just extra happy that I'm giving it to her here. She has been on her best behavior for the past two episodes for a while now. Uh, She pulled them together. She gave Mercedes the opportunity to shine when uh, you would think that Rachel in her uh, her blood would not have allowed that to happen. And she pulled off a great performance that obviously propelled them to a strong showing at sectionals. So props to Rachel and she gets my gold star. Aman, where are you going with it? I think I have got to... I kind of want to say Mercedes because of the fact that she sort of like stood up to Rachel and reminded her that she's not the only bitch who can sing in the room. 
<laughs> and she was also able to realize that she wasn't going to be able to carry it, so she gave it back to Rachel. But you know what? I believe that I am going to give this to Emma this time around. I think this is the second time I'm giving Emma. This has got to be like your third for Emma. You are uh, all in on the Emma Gold Stars. Now I'm going to look it up. Because I just... Uh, okay. She obviously went with the kids for selfish reasons because she wanted to do it for Will. I don't necessarily know if I'm all the way in on that. I feel like she is sort of invested in the kids as well. She does have personal relationships with quite a few of them. So I don't think it was that hard for her. It wasn't much of a sacrifice for Will for her to go. You know what I mean? So I like the fact that she was able to do that. I like the fact that she was able to keep Will informed about what was going on um, and be that bridge for him. And also... The fact that she got broken up with, which we could have seen coming anyway, but she was she had the the insight to be like, I need to get out of the situation because I cannot be here with you in this moment because I'm obviously there's something going on between the two of us, and I also can't be at this school knowing what I did to Ken. Like I just feel like I have to recuse myself in the situation, and I feel like she went through a lot this episode, and she handled it the best way that she could, and I just I just really appreciate that. I think that she was, and the fact that she stood up to the other fucking Glee Club directors and read them for filth, like I just. I got to give it to her this time. Yeah, I like the reasoning. Um, and I let me apologize. Uh, you've only given her one so far. Uh, we actually both only gave her one. And I think I was misreading something. I need to like color code this thing. So we've actually <laughs> only given her one each. Uh, Sam, <laughs> do you have an idea of where you would like to reward a, uh, a star for this episode? Yeah, I was also thinking of Mercedes for the same reasons Amon just said. Like she does an incredible job with uh her solo and like she, they were gonna have her if if not for sue sylvester she would have been the performer at the sectionals and i think that she would have done an amazing job and even rachel barry knows that she would have done a better job than she does and i do and i do like the moment where she recognizes that rachel is the best performer that they have at that point once her song is no longer viable to perform and i think that's really great but i think that the gold star that I'm going to give out might have to be to Brittany because of her. Brittany? Because I'm, of I'm her... angry, actually. I'm mad that the first gold star to Brittany is going from no uh, neither of us, from neither Amon or myself. Well, I'm sorry to steal that from both of you, but I'm happy to be on the board. Uh, she, I love her leaky faucet in this episode. She <laughs> leaks the information that Santana and her are sleeping together, and then it all. She also has the leakiness of being the person who leaked the set list of Sue. I love that she, the joke where she's like, "I did leak it, but I didn't know what she was going to do with it." <laughs> uh, I just think that Brittany is a hilarious character, and I like, like you guys said, that she's becoming more and more like thrown lines to over the course of the season and i like where and i just know that she becomes a hilarious and great part of the show so i'm uh i'm thinking about giving it to her or mercedes i'm pretty sure i think i am gonna go Brittany. i i love the confirmation that they're together and you know santana and Brittany are one of the few approaching good couples on the show so you know i have to give it to them Okay. Well, I may be upset about the fact that it didn't come from one of us, but listen, I guess I'm, I should just be grateful that she's on the board at all uh, at this point. So I, I do like that star. Good on Brittany. She is on the board here. Let's get into the favorite song of the episode. Aman, do you want me to go first or do you want to guess first for... Uh, I mean, that's fine. I can, I can go first. So we got And I'm Telling You I'm Not Going, sing by Mercedes. 
We got Proud Mary saying by the Jane Adams Academy. We got Don't Stop Believing saying by the Havenbrook Death School. <laughs> we got You Can't Always Get What You Want saying by the New Directions. We got Don't Win On My Parade saying by Rachel Berry and the New Directions. Well, actually just Rachel Berry because they don't really sing, just her. And My Love Would Suck Without You sing by the New Directions. And I'm going to go ahead and assume that your favorite song. Ooh, this is kind of tough. It is tough. You said that so confidently. I was like, don't think it's that easy. Okay, I'm going to assume that it's, and I'm telling you I'm not going. Wow, very good job. Very, very good job. It is. Uh, Mercedes. Uh, oh, is, okay. I, see, I could never, because you're such a sarcastic person, so I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I've also tried to trick you here and there before. But uh, yeah, no, you got it. That's uh, That has to be it. It's just, she. it's so sad that this is not at sectionals, where it's like she has an entire room's attention, that like she's doing this for the same 11 kids that hear her sing all the time. But either way, we got to hear it, and I'm just, I love that song. She's so good. <sighs> Let me guess yours and... I mean, I'm inclined to go the same way, but I feel like you were raving about don't stop, uh, don't rain on my parade. But no, I'm just, I mean, I, I might be upset if it's not, and I'm telling you, so I'm gonna guess that. No, it's don't rain on my parade. Come on, listen, listen, listen. I listen. I'm black, bitch. I have heard that song so many times as as a kid. It's like it's a beautiful song. It comes from a fantastic musical, uh, Jennifer Holiday, Jennifer Hudson. I mean, just like, come on. But I've heard it so many times, every fucking talent show, sometimes even at church. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm an, I, it's enough. <laughs> and don't, like I said, don't stop or um, don't win on my parade was, you know, that was the first time that I'd heard it. And so I just, I have like a, such a sentimental value when it comes to, to listening to it again. So. Uh, Sam, I, I don't know if I can guess what your favorite song is, but I mean, I might as well just, just, just throw in a guess here, but I feel like I'm going to end up being wrong. Is it don't rain in my parade? No, it is. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm not going. All right. Sam, I'm just going to log up this call. Incomparable Amber <laughs> Riley. She does such an amazing job. Like you said, uh, she, I'm glad that they gave her this moment. Cause and obviously when you see her perform it, First, you know that she's ending up. She's you, we've already seen it, so she's obviously not going to be able to do it at sectionals, uh, for like the TV show purposes. But like, I love it the most. I was interested. It was interesting to watch this episode because I feel like they really didn't do that many songs or like the songs that I'm used to in an episode of Glee because they do retread three that we've seen already um, with the other performances. So they, it really it seemed like a small smaller number than i was expecting for yeah. especially for a, a competition episode of the show yeah if you look through season yeah. one that's something that we've been flagging up that like there really are not as many songs as we might remember in season one like at least in these early episodes some episodes literally have two songs and then some have like four or so and you know it's really it's, yeah it, it's, it's just in these early episodes i think that might change as we get to the later part of the season if i'm remembering correctly but that's yeah when they started when they started doing numbers on iTunes and they saw the dollar signs with that added revenue that's when they started pat patting the songs into the episodes mm-hmm. like especially in the season two it's just that's why I appreciate season two so much because it's so song heavy but it's also it hasn't reached the point where they are inserting songs unnecessarily because I feel like in season three <laughs> and a beyond that's when some of the song pieces are like oh, okay y'all are just doing anything but season two it still had it was still a new show so the, the the level of intent behind song selection was like very thoughtful 
but also like plentiful. So season two is just so strong. Let's get into our slushy ratings here. Sam, the slushy rating that we give at the end of the episode is you're going to give it a rating out of five. Five being that you would you hated this episode and you would slushy it five times. And zero being it was a perfect episode of Glee and uh, you wouldn't change a thing about it. I will lead us off here and I will say that I will give this episode one, 1. 1.5 slushies. I feel like, the, again, I wish that there was more attention on the kids. Uh, I wish Mercedes got to sing this song in front of an audience, if I haven't said that 10 times already. And otherwise, uh, it was a good, good closing. I think I still am kind of on the point about how it ended with Will and Emma compared to like the kids again. So I don't know. Uh, (laughs) 1.5. Go ahead, Amon. I might shock some people here, and I don't plan on abusing this, but I'm going to have to go ahead and give this episode no stars. No, or no slushies. No slushies. <laughs> um, Perfect episode. Nothing Nothing you would change at all. I don't think that there's any perfect episodes of That's Glee. what a zero is. There's always going to be something <laughs> that I can point to and be like, ugh. So if I'm curving it based off of the way that I know that I am, I would say that this is as perfect as it can get for me because of the resolution of so many storylines that I personally had an issue with. Quinn can stop being a fake bitch. Terry can like finally go away. Emma finally is able to realize that her marriage is a farce and she needs to reevaluate the way that she, you know, is going to operate throughout the rest of the school year. The uh, the kids finally won something on their own. Mercedes sang her ass off. Rachel sang her ass off. Emma stood up to those people at the at the at the glee club thingy. Freaking Sue got her ass handed to her, but she's not gone for good. And Will finally it has the balls to like go after what it what, what it is that he really wants. So like I just feel like there's so much here that is that it, I just feel very good about going into the second half of this season because I feel like we are losing so much. Um, storylines that were bogging us down before. And so for that reason and for that reason only, I have to give this episode zero, zero slushies. Okay. I mean, it had to come eventually that we were uh, going to give out no slushies, but I don't think I saw it coming just yet. But hey, you are more than welcome to feel how you feel. Um, Sam, do you have an idea of where you would go with this? Yeah, I I would have to go with two, I think. It is just very adult-focused, especially... I mean, like, this is an episode about one of the competitions, so you would think that it would be all about the kids, but it's not. And it's so much about Will, and this episode doesn't even have a voiceover, which I think is one of Glee's strong suits when they allow a character to have the, like, running background of the episode, and I, it was just missing from this episode, which is, like fine because i guess it's about the group but i it's just not it it wasn't great uh i don't like a lot of what the characters do in this episode like the kids at least and like the the fight and like walking out on the club and just all i like i I mean all the adult stuff uh but the performances are great and it's good it was still very good and they they do wrap up a lot of the plot lines like they said like amon said uh, but there are just some issues that I think are worth slushying over. Okay. 
that's pretty close to you and I are pretty much on the same page there um, in terms of that. So, all right. Well, that's that's what we have here for our sectionals episode. Uh, episode 13 is now in the books. Sam, thank you so much for coming on with us. I definitely will. Uh, well, I hope that we get you back again for maybe an episode that you like a little bit more. I would love to. I Yeah, no, this is great. Maybe this will inspire me to continue on my initial, my rewatch slash initial watch of the later seasons of the show. Uh, it was good to go back and rewatch this. This was fun. It was great talking to you guys about the whole show. Thank you so much for coming on. And please, of course, uh, if people missed it earlier, tell us where <laughs> we can find you and all of the great content that you were putting out. And I do mean that in uh, all sincerity, all, all good stuff. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Uh, I am Sam Stanish. You can follow me on Twitter at Sam Stanish. I have at Sam Stanish everywhere. That's worth following me. So that's Twitter and Instagram. Um, I do a Survivor podcast with my friend Derek Reining. Uh, we ju- this week, oh, well, I guess I don't know when these episodes are coming out, but uh, it's called Bitter Jurors and we release every Monday and we have great guests and we're very funny boys. Uh, and we all, and I also do a podcast called Word on the Straits, which is me and my best friend. We talk about straight culture, uh, just like straight people or whatever we want. Basically, we have comedian guests on and we just talk about a chosen topic that we decide before every episode. And one of these days, there will be an episode of Mm -hmm. Word on the Straits about this television show. And I will be the guest. And uh, I don't know when that will happen, but it's been planned for a while now. And one day it'll happen. Maybe after. Oh, my God. I didn't even know that this was a thing. This sounds like such an interesting podcast. I'm going to have to listen to them as soon as we're done recording. It's very good. Uh, Sam and his co-host, Joe, are very, very funny. They will have you cracking up the entire time. So, yes, please do check it out. Thanks, Matt. And yeah, we need to have you on. We've tried a couple times and it just hasn't gotten to happen yet, but I'm very excited. And especially now that you've had me on your show, I obviously need to have you on. Well, I've had you on one of mine, but both of mine. (laughs) Yes, I I, I need the full experience. Uh, Aman, what else? uh, We're wrapping up here. Of course, you know, everybody should be following us on Twitter at Choir Room Pod, emailing Mm -hmm. us with thoughts about this whole entire season choirroompodcast.gmail.com whatever you got as you are uh, hearing the last of this set of episodes but this is not the last of us not the last of us we will definitely be back in your feeds uh, very very shortly Um, but we hope that you guys did enjoy this first set and if there's any uh, people that are watching Glee for the first time and they chose our podcast uh, as the uh, accompanying content, let us know how that goes. Because I could not imagine like watching this show for the first time and then having to listen to us uh, pretty much like tear it down <laughs> like every other episode. So, yeah, make sure that you leave some reviews. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you think. Um, and, yeah, rate and review and follow us on Twitter. And, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll all be around. We ain't got nothing but time. All that COVID-19 good stuff. COVID-19 is killing us. So. Yes, I mean, let's hope that it doesn't. Uh, and let's hope that it ends soon, even though we will still be podcasting about Glee, but we'd love to be able to go back outside for once. So that's what we've got here. 13 episodes down, nine more to go in this season, uh, season one of Glee. So thanks for listening, and we will see you in the next set sometime soon. Amon, what do we, what do we uh, see you at regionals? I'll see you at regionals.